3: CBS Sports NBA insider and writer than you, host on CBS Sports Radio, 10 a.m. to noon. The great Bill Ryder joins us. What's up, bud?
4: Nick Wilson. It's always tricky when 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 it's the 12 points, man. I, I've been there many times where I'm just I'm drinking my beer and I'm cursing myself. What's up, pal?
3: You know what's ridiculous about that is I am the guy who doesn't do that, but I have I have taken the points against like the Celtics so many times that yeah. and it's and it's just kicked my ass. That I, I'm like I made it a thing in this year. I'm like, I'm gonna start having more guts when it comes to 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 laying double digit spreads if I for the favorite. And then this is the first time I do it and it kicks me square between the legs.
4: <laughs> Hashtag gambling. Hashtag how they build Vegas.
3: Yeah, and also <laughs> how I lose the house. Um <laughs> so the Cavs are on this hot streak here. Uh last night's shaky performance. It was a win, but notwithstanding. Uh are people around the NBA viewing the Cavs' recent surge as a sign they are a legit team in the East again?
4: I don't think as much as they should be. I just had this conversation, actually, with, a, with a, a GM-ish person, a little lower level than a GM person. I think that there are four teams, if you want to include the Heat, which I would, in the second tier of the Eastern Conference, who are really interesting and our landmines are landmines, for lack of a better term, Nick, the big three out East in Boston, Milwaukee, and, and the Sixers and I would probably put the Cavs at the top of that list right now, but I think there were a lot of folks who, who bought in last year, and obviously the playoffs didn't go the way that some of us that thought maybe Cleveland had a bunch of ceiling thought that it would, but I buy it, and I think they're potentially dangerous, and I think the way that they played without Mobley and without Garland in particular and what it does look like and now will look like with one and then both of those guys back is really interesting. I think they're deep. They obviously played great defense. I think – they're going to be better offensively than they've been. So, yes, I I do. There are people who want to believe, but I think there's some hesitation. I think some of it surrounds Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs, but not the level of belief you would have had a year ago.
3: So, this led us to a conversation. This this very similar question led us, in conversation, led us to another one about the Cavs' core four, which obviously are Donovan, Darius, uh, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. Which one of yeah. the Cavs' core four is most important to the Cavs' maybe – avoiding last year's early gentleman sweep embarrassment to the Knicks?
4: So it's, it's Donovan, and I'm a Donovan Mitchell fan, and this is going to sound like a put-down. It's just the reality, but it is really hard to become a star in the NBA and even harder to be a superstar in the playoffs and to shake that, that mantle if you're that good, and he is that good, that you have not done what you're supposed to do when you get to the playoffs. I think that that is a guy – who can win you a couple games in a seven-game series that maybe you shouldn't win, which means can win you a series if you have the other pieces, which you do in Cleveland, that maybe you're not expected to win. And he has not been that guy. He wasn't for Utah. He hasn't been there in Cleveland. He's not the only one in the NBA. There's obviously better players, Embiid, who have to shake that label. But I think what he does, his ceiling, his floor in playoff basketball will dictate what Cleveland does or doesn't do in the postseason.
3: From the players to the coach, is it playoff series win or bust for J.B. Bickerstaff and should it be?
4: I think it should be. I mean, look, I, I think that Kobe Altman, the GM, has put together a pretty impressive group of players post-LeBron James. And I know it's been a minute, but still, like, it's pretty easy to swing and miss in the draft. It's pretty easy to be in a market like Cleveland. My wife's from Wyoming. I'm from Dubuque, Iowa. Not an insult, but a smaller market And have trouble building the winner because you don't have a margin for error. You are not going to replenish those teams normally by getting guys to come. It's not L.A. It's not, I think, what New York is now becoming and and will be. I think that they're good enough to to do that. Now, I'll say this to you, Nick. I think the East is the toughest it's been in a really long time. And I think there are going to be great basketball teams, multiple great basketball teams who lose in the first round. So if Cleveland's not one of those teams, it's going to be teams like Miami or the Knicks. I think the Pacers are probably going to be really good when Halliburton and Siakam actually get a bunch of time together. So that is easier said than done. But yes, to answer your question, if I'm, if I'm in Cleveland, if I'm the GM, if I'm a fan, if I'm the owner, you have to win a playoff series. And I would love to see maybe at a minimum pushing in a second-round playoff series. I, I think they can be that good.
3: Considering the pressure of Donovan's future, which is only going to amplify this summer, I would assume uh, winning a playoff series or two playoff series would have a huge impact on just that pressure and that conversation. Uh, Do the Cavs need to make a deal one week from now at the NBA trade deadline?
4: I mean, look, I'm not going to dodge your question. It's always good to add. The problem is that right now the market is extremely, extremely expensive. Right, like what? Just this is an example. What Atlanta wants for Dejounte Murray is too much. What the Bulls, who who can't do anything this year, want. For a guy even Demar Derozan, it, it, it is too much. People look at the Rudy Gobert trade from what a couple seasons ago, and it might have been ridiculous, but it drove it drove the price up. It it just it just did. It's the way that Kirk Cousins getting a bunch of guaranteed money five years ago changed quarterback pay. So, I yeah, in a perfect world yes, but I'm not sure if I'm Cleveland. I want to give away what it costs to get help. And I, if the goal is to be competitive and to win a as- season I think Cleveland is is good enough if the goal is to what make a conference final I don't think Cleveland is likely to do that and if they are I think it's because the guys they have are able to gel and get some momentum and get a good draw so I wouldn't be as aggressive if I was the Cleveland Cavaliers as I would be to say I was the Golden State Warriors or the Lakers because I think as constructed there's a ceiling there this season that's pretty interesting.
3: Bill Ryder CBS Sports NBA insider on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline that brings us to Uh, A former Cavalier and always Cavalier, really, in some of our hearts and minds, LeBron James. Are we are we simply in the cycle of LeBron that he's just he's just being moody because he's trying to put pressure on the organization? Or (laughs) is this for real? Is this is this really like LeBron and the Lakers are really coming to a conclusion of their time together?
4: No, you nailed it. Look, I like LeBron. I mean, if it wasn't for LeBron, I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be working at whatever Walmart or something, which is no, no disrespect to Walmart. I just like this job better than when I had that job. Yeah, this is what LeBron does, man, right? You know. I mean, the Lakers are in a tough spot. They can wait till the end of the year. They can have three first-round draft picks they can trade. And if they want to move Austin Reeves, which they don't, but they need to if they're going to get somebody, if they're going to do that, you do it in the summer, and you get a star or a, a really good piece in return – but that doesn't help LeBron James in his diminishing window. So he's doing what you're suggesting. He's putting pressure on this team. He's putting pressure on Polinka. There is disagreement and frustration and consternation and worry within the Lakers because they know they're not good enough and they know LeBron's bad, but they're sort of asking themselves and we'll see which way this goes. Are we really going to trade away Austin Reeves and our first round pick that we can move right now to try to get a flawed team, a player to make LeBron happy when we're still going to be flawed? Yes, this is LeBron trying to exert pressure. And I think it's a mistake. And I think unlike when he was in Cleveland, And he's amazing, but he's no longer so amazing that he can take the hobbled roster that he forced and take them to a championship.
3: Hypothetically, and I don't think they will because even if they're not winning, the value of LeBron in L.A. is significant just in terms of a draw, and that's almost secondary to actually winning, just getting people in your building. I'm curious if tomorrow they said uh, LeBron's available, we just can't build a winner around him, what is LeBron James' trade value at 39 years old?
4: I think there is. It's a great question. I'll ask you a question. There's time off. I think it, it's a great. I think there's a lot of value because I keep asking myself, and this is bad for Bronny, but if I'm a team like the Thunder or the Grizzlies come to mind, who have a draft pick in the summer, and I could just tra- you know draft at the seventh or ninth or eleventh pick a kid that's never going to play in the NBA if you draft him this summer and LeBron came with him, I think LeBron is like Sixth Man of the Year, or, or maybe a guy that plays like the Spurs used to back in their last championship. He plays 25 minutes a game during the regular season and plays 55 games, but then he plays a bunch of minutes in the postseason. I think there's a huge, a huge amount of value there if it goes into a contending team. And he wouldn't go to Miami, but if he goes to Miami, if he goes to Cleveland, if he goes to the Knicks, Memphis is banged up. But before John Moran, all the injuries, if he went to the Thunder, yeah, I think there's a huge, not if he's the number one, but if he's like going to a team that's a second-tier team but wants to make a push, I think there's a lot of value in LeBron. Let me ask, would you want the Cavs to draft Bronny in the summer if it meant LeBron would come back for a year at 39, 40, 41?
3: Oh, that's an oh, hell yeah. That's not even yeah, a, right? a, a, a hezzy for me. Yeah,
4: yeah, immediately. Now, I'm not trading for him if I'm whatever, some team that doesn't – if I'm basically the Lakers, if you add LeBron to the Lakers. I mean, the, the Atlanta will be sellers, but the Atlanta – he's not making the Atlanta Hawks competitive all of a sudden. But he might push a team on the edge like the Cavs to a different stratosphere when you get to the playoffs.
3: Does Doc Rivers have the greatest agent in the history of agents?
4: Yeah, or photos, or just, or like, I haven't seen the Ben Affleck movie where, where like, somebody's a hypnotist, but something like that. I don't, look, not a Doc Rivers fan. You and I have talked about this. I don't understand how on earth this guy got this particular job, and I feel really, it's great for Cleveland fans. I think it's really bad for Milwaukee fans. I don't know how he does it.
3: I think if he had not won a championship in Boston, this might be a hot one. I've not thought this one out. If he had won a championship in Portland instead of Boston, I don't think he gets as many coaching jobs as he has.
1: A
4: hundred percent. I mean, I don't – there are a lot of guys who have won championships or some guys who don't get jobs anymore and probably shouldn't. He is the most – he is considered, not by everyone, but by a lot of people around the NBA – as one of the most overrated coaches in the history of the sport. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe I'm wrong for saying it and agreeing with it, but it is, he, there, he is not universally beloved and respected just for his coaching the way that some other former championship coaches are.
3: Bill, great stuff, buddy. Appreciate you. Keep killing it, man. Thanks, brother. Bill Ryder on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.
4: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix,